Welcome to TT with the Ballers podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to the TT with the Ballers and uh, it it is that time of the year when TT with the Ballers stands for transfer talk with the Ballers and I have Harsh with me. Uh, today we are going to talk about the recent transfers which have happened and uh, a lot of movement already has been done and it's uh, barely 15-20 days since the window has opened and a lot of players have moved left, right and centre across Europe already uh, and just not across Europe and it will be a very good point to talk about a lot of players have been flowing out to Saudi. So, just to start off with, I'd like to uh, take Harsh's comments on a lot of players moving to Saudi. Uh, a lot of people have said that, you know, you cannot build a league with money comparing it to the Chinese league and, you know, criticizing the approach from the Saudi people who are just uh, spending shit ton of money in terms of getting those players to Saudi Arabia right now. What's your take on this, Harsh? Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode. Welcome to another season. A lot to talk about. Uh, my take on it, my take on it is if you have the money, if you have if you have the capability, then why not? If if there was any other country who could splash in that amount of money to have a strategic move to to get players to play in their league and and like Ronaldo said, you know, to get the league to to the top five leagues of the world, that may seem insane. Uh, but but it is a reality and um, not disclosing too much, but I work with a couple of organizations from Saudi that are uh, backed by uh, the very famous MBS. And let me tell you, he is not playing around. When the association or the people say that they are going to make world-class infrastructure, they are trying to make a, a footballing legacy and they're trying to work for it, they mean it. It's not like a Chinese league where, you know, the next day or, or a couple of years later, they make a strategic change of heart and then everything goes to trash. Saudi is trying to make the move. And, uh, well... For people in in the in the developing countries in the growing markets, uh, I think if you want to go and have a footballing experience, uh, Europe still remains very expensive, and uh, in that sense, Saudi is going to open its door and it's going to happen. So yeah, a lot of players are going to move. A lot of second fiddle players are also going to move, and if we can see attractive football in Saudi, who cares, man? 10 days ago, no one cared about Inter Miami, right? But now, all of a sudden, Messi has gone there and, and you know, everyone is talking about Inter Miami and you know, the pink shade of Inter Miami is one of the favorite shades of pink currently. 
So it's it's all about the kind of effect you make, and it's all about consistency. Now, you know, we could have said the same thing about Chelsea, that you can't build a football club on on money from the oligarchs of Russia. But but well, we all know what a footballing empire was going created there. Same can be said about Manchester City. When they were buying Robinho, Yaya Toure and David Silva, you can't buy into success, but they are the greatest team currently. So, so why not Saudi man? I, I, I think if they have decided, they have the money for it, they have the mindset for it and if they are paying, so be it. Okay, so I completely am in line with you and let me just drop some controversy here. What do you have to say about Chelsea and loading shit ton of players towards Saudi and uh, already Kante, Mendy and Koulibaly have signed for three different Saudi league clubs. Uh, there have been uh, verified news already in the market that the PIF, which is the Public Investment Fund, which is operated by the Saudis, have a stake in Clear Lake Capital who own Chelsea. Is it right. good business? So, yeah. Any business is good business. Uh, Todd Bowley is not as much a footballing brain, but he's certainly one thing and that's, he's a good businessman. So if he went and spent four, four and a half billion for, uh, for buying Chelsea, he has all the right to do the right kind of business. And it, it seems like a, a conspiracy to me. It, it seems like a catchy news for the English media. It's a typical controversy that English media would try to create. But my point is, if, if someone has decided to go and someone is deciding to sell and someone is deciding to buy, who is... Who are we to talk about it? And I'm saying, as a very frustrated Liverpool fan who has, you know, always been angered by the lack of capital, lack of money, funding your own transfers with your own transfer outs. So, Todd Bowley is clearly balancing the books. It doesn't take a genius to, to predict it. And uh, whatever financial fair play irregulations you see, we all know what kind of a joke financial fair play is in the Premier League. <laughs> so, uh, it's all fair. At the end of the day, uh, I don't think the biggest transfer amount is anyway coming from uh, uh, coming from Saudi, at least to Chelsea. I mean, look at the two main players that they have sent. I mean, it would it would be a dagger to your heart seeing Kai Havertz go to Arsenal, Matteo Kovacic go to Manchester City and uh, now Mason Mount going to Manchester United. So, despite everything, the money is not coming from Saudi. If they are unloading players to Saudi Arabia, what, what's the big deal about it? I, I don't see... If if they were selling Koulibaly for 50 million, then I would have a problem. If they were selling... Uh, Maybe uh, Mendy, Edward Mendy for for a hundred million. Then then that would have raised eyebrows. Then I would have said that oh, see the money is flowing in from Saudi. But even if it is, it's I think it's it's no big deal. I mean, it's all fair, and they have spent the amount of money we have all talked about. 
and if now they have decided to clear the players and and to create enough sitting room in their uh, dressing room and their changing room it's all fair and uh, if nothing exorbitant is happening i mean we can all talk about all kinds of scams chelsea has been doing over the years <laughs> this is not one of them this is just pure fair play business todd bully has his contacts Saudi want players. Todd Bowley is giving them players. It's all fair. And uh, coming back to the point where you said it would burn my heart, and I, I don't really feel that way. Just imagine three seasons ago, we bought Kai Havertz for seventy million. He won us the Champions League. He won us uh, the Club World Cup and the Super Cup and his performance was really good and we still got 65 million pounds out of that deal. So, I would say a win-win for that's that. With that, I think said, you could have milked more money out of Arsenal given the fact that they are so desperate. They are paying about 120 million for <laughs> Declan Rice and, and they feel like they are on the verge of, of Liverpool of 2019-20 season where uh, there were just a couple of signings away from, from winning the league. So, they feel they are at that position. So, they are a bit desperate and you could have milked a little bit more money. But what about Mason Mount and what about Matteo Kovacic? I think uh, one thing which is pretty certain from how Chelsea has started acting in the transfer window. And I, I think this is evident from the last season itself when... Uh, in the December transfer window, Chelsea went out and bought shit ton of players. In fact, last season as well, in uh, in the first transfer window, which is the this current season, current time last season. One thing which is clear from Chelsea's mindset is there is going to be a major, major revamp. Now, as you can already see. I think 11 players have already been sold uh, or they have been let go. That is Kai Havertz, Mendy, Kovacic, uh, Ruben Loftus, Cheek, Koulibaly. Then uh, there are a couple of youngies which are youngsters which are, you know, let go. So, and as far as I think... I think Ziyech will go. I think Aspiliqueta will go. As I said, right, Chelsea are doing a revamp. And I would say that they are doing pretty good business, you know, because they have brought in a lot of players. But till now, the players which have been sold already, uh, the likes of Puli uh, Bali for a few million pounds, uh, Mendy for a few million pounds, Kovacic for 30 million, uh, Havertz for 65 million close to same price would be for Mason Mount as well. So, we are going to do good set of business here. We're going to save. We're going to make a lot of money here so that, you know, we can get more players and uh, the revamp work is already under underway where we had signed in Kuku last season which he finished out this season with uh, the uh, last season. with Leipzig. Yeah, now he has joined Chelsea Poch is going to come in a few days and, you know, start working. Uh, with that being said, Ruben Loftus-Cheek has also left. So, a lot of players are going and, you know, with 
the likes of players which we currently have right now and the way the attitude has turned in after the season has ended for or at least what shows what shows on the social media what shows on the uh, chelsea website in terms of having or looking at those interviews from players like madueke and reese james these guys certainly feel the heat uh they want to mm. come back strong so players like so it's it's basically chelsea uh going to a liverpool concept like let's let's start building a team and let's be set for next 6 7 years uh wesley fofana is very young badia shiel is very young malo gusto who is a right back is very young reese james and ben chilwell uh are growing up now and the likes of enkuku these guys are 23 24 25 years old so they are on the way to set the tempo of what kind of expectations uh chelsea fans have from their team so all in all i look at at as jal kukde logo ko to bura lagega hi ki hamare paas itne player hai hum bechenge paisa kamayenge plus लोग हमारे प्लेयर्स खरीदना चाहते हैं अनलाइक अदर टीम्स हैविंग डेडवुड्स वेयर दे दे हैव टू वेट फॉर देम टू लेट गो सो या दैट्स दैट विद दैट बीइंग सेड लिवरपूल इज इन द रेस फॉर वेलवर्डे दे हैव ऑलरेडी साइंड मैकेलिस्टर लुक्स लाइक द मिडफील्ड रीवैम्प इज समथिंग व्हिच क्लॉप हैज मेड अ पॉइंट टू मेक इट वेरी स्ट्रांग point is see ah, my yes. entire point is that you have to go out there and get the business done you can't be going so slow so so how many players have left i mean not the best players but nabi keita has left james milner has left roberto firmino has left oxley chamberlain has left so these were if not the starting 11 players these were certainly the backbone of of liverpool and and you know i i don't think liverpool has that conviction as of now yes they are in talks with a lot of players kefran thuram then um, there is a player from rb leipzig i'm forgetting his name obviously mcallister has been signed and and i love the way he has been signed for just 35 million they triggered his release clause so so yeah uh, but but it's not over till it's over right if if liverpool go into the season with just two or three good players i think it won't cut we need a lot of players that that are first team quality uh we need i don't think see the point is there can be all the rumors you want for valverde but Liverpool not in a million years is gonna sell anyone to to counter that weight and and get some money to spend on 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 Valverde around eighty ninety million. That's not happening from Liverpool side, and that is a point that frustrates me. You know, uh, people have been talking about Kefran Thuram. Uh, he is. a player in uh, nice and and plays plays in in uh, the midfield position and and one of the best 
bits about him. He carries a little bit, little bit of uh, footballing legacy with being the son of Lillian Thuram, the legendary French. Yeah, the guy you guys were talking about signing from Leipzig is Dominic Slobozlai. Yeah. So, yeah, we have already sent one player uh, to RB Leipzig. Uh, uh, that is Carvalho. Carvalho. Uh, yeah, it can be a good business. So, so yeah, so that's what is happening. Liverpool this season has been trying this swap strategy where they let James Milner go to Brighton, Hove Albion and then triggered the release clause of uh, McAllister and got him. So, Fabio Carvalho going to RB Leipzig, if it if it leads to... Leads to lost for word. Dominic Slobozlai. Dominic Slobozlai. Yes. So, his, his release clause is believed to be somewhere around 60 million and that would be good. But again, you know, in my heart, deep down within, I don't think Liverpool are going to spend that amount of money and that is something that worries me. If Liverpool do not go out there and spend at least 150 million this season, then then it's going to be worse than what it was last season and, and we the all know... This will continue. The struggle will take a new shape or form, but but we need players. It's as simple as that. We have an aging midfield. We lack quality. We could not get that kind of result from from certain players like Thiago, uh, like like the dipping form of Fabinho, players like it. never. I mean, Navigator never turned up. Uh, so didn't uh, Harvey Elliott or Fabio Carvalho who just went to loan to Leipzig. I mean, they never showed up, right? So we need impact players. We don't need good players or future prospects. So, so for that, you need to spend decent money. I'm not telling that go spend 120 million like Arsenal did for Declan Rice, arguably. I'm saying go out, spend 40, 45, 50 million. If you're finding some players in these ranges, get them. But I'm really underconfident about Liverpool's spending capability and and who would have thought that filling Gigi Van Adel's shoes would be so so difficult? <laughs> it is difficult, but but the point is that uh, it's it's a hard and harsh and difficult reality for all Liverpool fans. Uh, most of our transfers are are paid by our transfer outs. So, we could afford Alisson and Van Dijk only because we sold Coutinho. So, that's how it works. And this season, I don't see Liverpool making money from any player at all. I mean, if, if, if that makes sense, if someone comes with a 200 million bid from a Saudi club, I, I, I don't think that's a bad deal. But I think we have still three, three and a half years left to milk out of Salah and, and he's by far the better players in the Premier League right now. So, Who do you think is the most valued player at Liverpool right now who can fetch you the big money or Liverpool can look to, uh, you know, milk money out of them and get some few players? Is, can That's that... a very difficult That's a very <laughs> difficult question but if anyone is willing to spend some money for uh 
Gomez, Joe Gomez, <laughs> then I'll sell him. <laughs> if someone comes from Ibrahima Konate, he's still a very good player. But if someone comes from for him, then then I would be willing to sell him. You uh, never get much money for a defender, man. Come on, like talk about. I know, right? Yeah. But but then you have uh, great examples in Harry Maguire. You have great example in Van Dyke. So people do come out and spend that kind of money. Uh, from the forward lineup, if someone comes from Diego Jota, maybe. Um, so yeah, these are some players that uh, could fetch us good money, but I don't think uh, Klopp is going to part ways with any of them. And we have a short squad, right? We do not have that many players to sell. We do not have players, you know, that any player is not... Thankfully, thankfully, we do not have any player who would come up to the boss and say, hey, boss, look, we are not playing in the Champions League. I would like to move out of the club. Because that's not the culture at Liverpool. So that is one good thing. But but I think we, we really need to spend some money and I'm, I still am very underconfident. But let's move on and let's talk about uh, Manchester United, right? I I think they are still to confirm Mason Mount's transfer. And uh, there has been a lot of talk about a lot of expected activity from the for, from the fans, from the ex-players of Manchester United for for United to go out there, spend some money, get some players. But but it's it's been lukewarm. So so obviously, I think the biggest transfer news from Manchester United this season can be the uh, the sale of the club itself. <laughs> <laughs> the transfer of ownership. So, if that happens, even, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, a good transfer. Of, I don't Is get it? it, man. I don't get it. They've spent, what, two bill, billion in the last six, seven years uh, in transfer fees. And and I don't know why, why United fans are so disappointed in the, in the ownership. I mean, it just, just you face me think, man. Only yeah, only if Liverpool had that kind of players. Oh wow, I would love to have that kind of of an owner. I mean, that could splash that amount of money and still be. Literally, FSG hasn't paid anything, and 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 still, you know, we value I, that I so much. But would anyway. have loved. You know, I really would have loved a United fan to be with us right now to have a take. But from what I understand is that only investing in the players is something which will not hold the club together. The mm. so many news about how the training ground is or how the club is being maintained in terms of the stadium and the facilities. Um, Ronaldo outrightly came out and said that you know the the infrastructure the club is the same when he left in 2009 and it was the same when he came back so I think that might be something which the yeah. should think about that you know today uh it is very important to have good infrastructure to keep the mental peace for the players, right? So, it, right. It, 
the last season with Chelsea played out, the major problem was not we had like shit ton of quality and shit ton of good players in our squad. But at the end of the day, if the mental uh, stability is not available for those players in the dressing room, then no matter how many players you have or how much money the club spends, you can't produce results. And I think Chelsea was a prime example of that. And I don't know what United have in their head, but I really would have loved a United fan to come in and weigh in on it. I mean, they're certainly looking for... for they at least need a couple of, of strikers to, have, you know, kind of lead them up front. They should ideally offload... If the fans, to be believed, David De Gea, uh, they should sell, be selling Harry Maguire. Uh, if they can, then then certainly some dead weight in the form of Donny Van Der Beek, who came never could, you know, create that kind of impact. And certainly Anthony Marshall, if anyone can give the money. <laughs> Vegost is certainly leaving. So with all of that, I see. A, a lack of striking options for United. I don't know what the future holds for Mason Greenwood, but uh, with, with the trio of Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford, and Anthony, and with options on the bench with uh, Anthony Alanga and uh, Ganacho and Martial, I don't think. I mean, they they were. I shouldn't say that they were lucky. But but their success was built on 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 their defensive performance and their defensive capability and certainly they are a really strong defensive team, but how how long can they hold it is is my question. They certainly need some good players up front or in the midfield. What do you think of Mason Mount going there? I think somehow somewhere I feel it's gonna be another Jaden Sancho kind of story. I. So, okay, so let me put it like this, okay. Um, there is a tweet by Reese James today, which uh, mm -hmm. I read, and it said, if you are building something and you have to motivate someone to carry those bricks, they really shouldn't carry those bricks, right? So, okay. I think it's an indirect dig towards asking for a lot of money just to stay. Now, Mason Mount is a Chelsea boy, right? And um, mm -hmm. he has been a Chelsea boy through and through. But at the end of the day, £250,000 per week is his ask. And it would have been given, you know. The, I, I don't think giving out the money for a club like Chelsea is a problem because they are paying that kind of money to a couple of players. And with that being said, it is being offered to Reese James itself. But at the same time, if this season there would have been something from Mason Mount that money would have been given. But then at the end of the day, if he's not willing to, you know, stay and negotiate, who turns down four contract offers in, what, six months? So mm -hmm. that has pretty that has made it pretty clear that his intent of staying with... Was to leave the club, ultimately. Yeah. So, and to be very honest, you know, Good money, man. You sometimes got to sell players and make money. And if you are getting 65, 60 million pounds for uh, a player like Mason Mount, 
good business for chelsea all the best to manchester united or who whatever club lands him and i think he's a really good player he's a very good link up player he has the capability he's he was what i can put it in terms of my nostalgia is it was just like watching frank lampard play in the earliest wow, days that's... not the last season but that is how i felt when i looked at him he used to he can produce goals he has the ability to do the grunt work he has the ability to lead the team and he has done so but at the end of the day if the only where the, the only place which brings me back to reality and says that you know mason mount is not another frank lampard is frank lampard straight through and through no matter how much money he got so mm-hmm. that is something which is always going to be there and it might sting you know and it will obviously sting if someday he goes ahead and scores against us but if you put mason mount in this current united squad you you'll have one cdm in casimero and then you have bruno mm-hmm. fernandez mason mount rashford sancho and anthony it is a pretty scary yeah. front six if you think sounds about. good sounds good but i think there's still one striker one good striker Yeah, I, I think I think the way to go about for them should be playing false nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because let's say, or maybe Mount dropping a, uh, sorry, uh, Fernandez dropping a bit back and letting Mount just be behind Rashford if he plays up front as a striker, then that is another link-up play which Mason Mount does really well. That you know. he is there for the second balls he is available as a decoy he can make those run behind the striker so those kind of tactics mason mount excels at and what he another thing which he brings is set piece right right the capability of taking set pieces scoring free kick goals and i think uh, since the time bruno fernandes has joined manchester united he fired a good 12 months he carried manchester united literally on his shoulders but post mm-hmm. that there has been a dip in his form and i think the kind of player mason mount is he just might have a good link up play and bring bring in a lot more assists for bruno fernandes rather than contribution in goals and he himself could take up the mantle of getting the goals from the midfield right so right. it is an exciting thing for manchester united fans as far as i think but at the end of the day i i i still feel and i think it goes out to all the english clubs who rely a lot on their youngsters if you burn out your youngsters they will get injured and that injury will cost you a lot because let me put it in examples where any young player who has performed well and has got injured it has impacted the club in a very bad way uh right for example uh, reese james for example harvey elliot reese yeah. james these kind of players just, well. yeah they came in and had an instant impact and as soon as so and you see the kind of impact they have that at the end of the day if your club is losing the stack which pops up on the window is ben chilwell and reese james when they started the season where uh, they won the champions league they had only conceded six goals and contributed in scoring more than 20 goals both of them in uh, when they started together 
So that kind of adds a lot of pressure. So that is why I think having a good mix of experienced players is really important. And the club who's been able to do so very well has been Manchester City. They have had that mix of experience and the newbies. But the mm -hmm. pillar of their experience has just joined Barcelona. Okay, here's another... Here's another conspiracy theory for you. You really... I, I, I don't know. I mean, I was just, just reading about this somewhere else. You really believe Haaland came for the money Manchester City claimed he came in for? I mean... All of a sudden, Manchester United City have had been spending 80, 90 millions on, on like random players. 50 million was a joke. And all of a sudden, the best striker in Europe comes for what? 30 million? What do you make of, of, of the fishiness that is going on in Manchester City? I mean, man, to be very honest, I'm very happy that Manchester City are pretty active in their uh, transfers. Because I'll tell you what this brings. This brings the breakage. So this is the part where Manchester City are now trying to revamp because players like Emerick Laporte is not happy. Players like mm -hmm. Gundogan were let go. Uh, people who are not getting more playtime like Bernardo Silva or either options of Bernardo Silva or Mahrez, one should leave because they have ample amount of options and Manchester City are in it to do business because they already have replaced the, the Gundogan transfer. They have signed Mateo Kovacic, who's a like-for-like -like replacement. In fact, I would go Absolutely. ahead and say, uh, it is not... Uh, uh, Gundogan produced more goods than Kovacic last season. So, but Manchester City... But here's an opinion, right? Hmm? Yeah, Kovacic under... Pep Guardiola is a beast. I can I can see <laughs> what he's gonna do. You well, will not be able to snatch ball away from Matteo Kovacic. He would have a plan, and he would just you know he would just hand it to De Bruyne like in a relay race, and then De Bruyne will do his magic. I mean, the next season I can clearly see a lot less running from. Kevin De Bruyne and, and all the hard work and all the labor being put in by Matthew Kovacic. Well, we, we'll, we'll have to see a, a popular opinion. I would say that, you know, uh, Kovacic has been signed to do the grunt work for uh, the Manchester City midfield, which Gundogan for some reason was not able to do. But then God bless him with his own talents that if he can't produce in terms of defending, he'll just go ahead and score those difficult goals at difficult point of time. So, and not to forget, they have already have a Rodri. Yeah. So, uh, that that really makes it, um, you can say, how do I put it? Very exciting, to be very honest. I, I, for a fact, I feel in my heart that City are going to, not going to be in the top two next season. They are one okay. injury away and they'll come crashing down to third or fourth is what my gut says because in the later part of the season, Erling Haaland stopped firing because the Premier League midfield or the Premier League defenders understood 
the way to contain Khalid is just yeah. just just be after him do not give him space because see he'll go ahead and score 20 plus 25 30 plus goals but there will be a dry patch the dry patch is currently going on there is no football going on for him right now so if he <laughs> cuts himself a little slack i i just feel somewhere that you know manchester city are not going to be as good as they were last season so that's 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 a very very loud call i i think there's no team in the premier league right now that can raise his hand raise their hand up and say that okay next season i'm going to challenge city for the league i think punters have been paid in full who who bet on manchester city at the start of the season or at least even during the christmas period when arsenal were firing and and at a point everyone thought that maybe arsenal could snatch it but, but city are the big dog man i'm telling you city are the big dog once they get hold of the bone they don't let it go yeah yeah definitely but then at the end of the day i really feel okay Okay, let me put it like this. Like you know what, a big dog stays a big dog in the big fight, even with an injured leg. But That's all I'm saying. It depends how injured the leg is. <laughs> if you go I mean, and hit the leg, see if if remember when Pep Guardiola paid Fabian Delph in the. Uh, when Edward Benjamin Mendy basically <laughs> went. uh the plan with benjamin mendy went out of the window uh, fabian delf started playing there if if you if you remember uh zinchenko was originally a central midfielder he started playing in the left back position See, now nathan is, ake plays there so all i'm saying is is that uh, all yeah. of a sudden you'll see a prosthetic leg on 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 the dog <laughs> and and then it will do the job all i'm saying is it's too difficult to imagine city not coming at least second next season third is like i can bet whatever money you want today on this thing that either first or second manchester city well i'll definitely bet you on a dinner uh on this yeah uh, okay now let's let's so- move into to one of just giving you the latest news just giving you a very latest news chelsea have signed nicholas jackson from villarreal yep eight 8 year deal and yes. uh, <laughs> 35 million pounds not a bad deal not a bad deal and yes. uh, well the 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 guru the, the strike guy. force the strike force is already coming in uh, bundesliga gold boot winner is here Christopher and Kuku, uh, Nicholas Jackson, who has scored eight goals in nine uh, nine goals in eight appearances for Villarreal, is a good backup. So the revamp is on. And <laughs> another another news coming in is is that today was the last day for triggering uh, Sobotsly's uh, release clause, and Liverpool have. regarded by being 70 million so yep. the move yeah. is on the move is on so and exciting times ahead my friend exciting times indeed but let's let's talk about a couple of transfers that had my interest and for the odd 
football fan it might not be that interesting but i think brighton are doing some brilliant business despite all the losses mohammad dahud is is one of the players that i have followed for a very long time he's from borussia dortmund shao pedro from watford and james milner for liverpool i think with all the loss alexis mcallister poses to brighton there have been some brilliant transfers in uh, to the team and uh, another they they had i think yeah, the yeah. one yeah so what i was saying was that they have added three players as of now but they are going to lose a couple of more uh, they lose caicedo certainly okay Caicedo's... But they'll 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 get good money for him. I think Caicedo. Yeah, and that I think will... Liverpool did a good job by triggering the release clause at thirty five million. No one thought McAllister would become such a valuable player that thirty five million would look like a bargain. <laughs> but <laughs> that's well, yeah. the that's that's the kind of hyperinflated world we live in. Another interesting transfer has been uh, Chris Wood. From Newcastle to Nottingham Forest. So, well, Chris Wood didn't fire the way he was supposed to do at Newcastle, and then Isaac just came in and swooped him out of the team itself. Hmm. So, uh, I think there is a lot of uh, news yet to come from Newcastle because I think Newcastle have the PIF money straight forward. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. no conspiracy there. So, uh, a, a lot has been going on with Newcastle as well. And I, I, I think, okay, let me, this is going to sound really cliche to the Bundesliga and the La Liga fans, but Premier League has never been more exciting. When you're talking <laughs> about... Who will finish eighth, and that also is an achievement for a team. Uh, that yeah. league has certainly pumped up. So yeah, and and the difference between a a team that finishes sixth and a team that finishes eighth in terms of quality is not that high, you know. So, yeah, yeah, uh, but but Nottingham Forest releasing a whole set of players that you know at one point in time were considered. Really, they'll, they'll change. Good players. Yeah, they'll change ah. the way Nottingham Forest plays. Uh, I they have done a tremendous job of staying in the Premier League, and mm-hmm. I think it will be a difficult season for them this year also. But taking see football is all about taking those harsh decisions, right? Or running any business yeah. or being in a part of any competition is about. Understanding your weaknesses, doing that spot analysis, and then accordingly taking those tough calls, right? So letting go of Jesse Lingard, who uh, went from United and then didn't do anything which was expected out of him at uh, Nottingham Forest. Same goes with Andre Ayew. So, by the way, do not forget Jack Colback. I don't know if you remember the controversy he created when he moved from from Sunderland to Newcastle because he was, I mean, both of them are are like crazy rivals and he was the only player like in some 20-30 years to make the move and he did it on, on a free transfer and he was at the time one of the better players 
better young players, exciting prospects of Premier League, and look where he has gone since then. He has been released. So, so lot of I think Nottingham Forest this season were hard done by a lot of expectation from from players, you know, who they thought would just explode. Uh, but that never happened. Uh, one of the players is a one-way from uh, Liverpool and he's a ex-striker and I followed him uh, for for a lot of time and, and it's just <laughs> never, yeah. he, he could have never done it. He could have never done it. So, yeah, a uh, lot of lot of players that could have been but never could could deliver it for Nottingham Forest. So yeah, difficult season certainly. Yeah, definitely that that sounds like the case. But uh, the next club I'd really like to talk about right now is Tottenham. So continuing with our talks, I would really like to talk about Tottenham. Uh, do you think Tottenham is a heavily criticized club? Let me start with that. <laughs> because see, I, I am when the captain of your closest rival Chelsea comes and calls your home ground three point lane instead of White Hart Lane. It it just speaks volumes, <laughs> right? So the the problem is is Tottenham could never move up from their fourth position and and you know could never win anything. I mean, it, it saddens me to see Harry Kane without any trophy. And uh I agree to one of uh, to a few player, few people who who tell that you know Daniel Levy is is a brilliant businessman. There isn't a club in Premier League who you could call you know as successful as Tottenham in the business sense. They've not won cups, but they're making an insane amount of money. Their move, their revamp of the stadium, the, the players that they have sold, the players they have bought, the stature that they have gained in the last ten years. I mean, Daniel Levy has been. A phenomenal businessman who has turned it around, but but where's the legacy? Where's 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 the the greatness in that? And I think yes, they have been able to sustain a certain level, but they need to push further. Okay, so with that being said, Tottenham have already added three good players to their squad. They confirmed the transfer of Dejan Kulusevski. From Juventus, they converted him from a full time, uh, from a loanee to a full time player to Tottenham. He at has just twenty five million. At just yeah. twenty five million. See, we we every season we can't be shocked that if a non English player is cheap, then oh, right. so, so, so and you I see even James right Madison. next to that, yeah, right next to that, James Madison is at forty million, and I would I would rate both both of them as same only. So <laughs> right. that that in itself tells you about how. But then, it. but then James Madison was you know highly sought after. A lot of players wanted James Madison, and uh, the kind of impact he had last season with. With Leicester, with Leicester, Leicester had on the Premier League. Uh, yeah, 
So, and they have signed Vicario, who's a goalkeeper, and they have signed them him from Empoli, and he's just 26 years old. Uh, I was just going through his um, stats and uh, seems pretty good that, you know. Yeah, I mean, after all, the French captain is aging and and he's not getting any yes. younger, so they need certain. And has shown desire to move. Which is, again... Another testament to where and how Tottenham can fail. Well, so, M- yeah, it's 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 gonna be a difficult few years for Tottenham, but I think they have the right kind of business DNA to succeed. But let's see. Okay, let's so let me drive this conversation into a little more controversy here. Does being a good business person in terms of owning a football club is something which you should look forward to instead of building the legacy for the club? I mean, for the uninitiated, it's it's difficult not to make money, you know. I mean, you remember, okay, let's talk about the previous Newcastle United when, you know, Imagine four or five years ago when a lot of money was pumped into uh, Newcastle United and all of a sudden they were making a lot of money. Uh, Not making a lot of money. Actually, they were losing a lot of money. Remember uh, Blackburn Rovers with all the money from Venkies, how they were pumping a lot of money to fuel their growth. Point is that if you cannot sustain a business, you cannot create legacy. That does not happen. So it's it's a little counterintuitive. But uh, if you can't sustain a business, then you certainly are going to fail in creating a legacy. And that is going to be your APDC. So yeah, you need to have a bit of both. You need to have a bit of balance. And only then you can create legacy. If, if Fenway Sports Group could not be a good businessman, certainly they would have never achieved what they did with Liverpool. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a little counterintuitive in the traditional sense, but that's that's the way things are done in the modern day. You know how uh, Chelsea <laughs> became, became a heavyweight. So, because they had a very good businessman at the helm of it. Every year we heard uh, Chelsea has made losses in millions in the books. But ultimately, who came out on top? That's the point, right? That's the point. At the end of the day, no matter how much money you spend, if you don't have trophies to show for it, I think the millions made or spent is in vain. Every season. You can't let me... So I uh, I'll my just point, point is this fact that you know the best striker in England by far an English player Harry Kane. It's a every season drama. Will he stay? Will he go? Will he stay? Will he go? And I'm telling you, if he does not go this season, people will just stop asking about Harry Kane. Yeah, but yeah, I I I mean, with the kind of season 
Tottenham had and with all the disruptions there were in Tottenham, that guy came second in the Premier League and the first was Erling Haaland, which is arguably the best striker in the world right now. So, a lot went well for uh, Haaland and uh, with, with such a disrupted poor and and problematic club, if if someone is coming, if someone is averaging around one goal per one game or one goal per one and a half game, it's a brilliant start. How many goals did he score? 25, 26, something around that, just in the Premier League. So yeah. it, it makes me sad. And I was seeing the statistic that at 28 years of age, Kyle Walker had zero trophies and by the <laughs> Time he turned 32, he has some 12 or 15 trophies in, in his cabinet. So that's that's the plight of Tottenham, right? Uh, everyone other than the, the the person, the chairman, Daniel Levy, is, is doing good. So, yeah. All in all, Tottenham, a story of uncertainty. So... Not just uncertainty, I think. A lot of ridicule as well. But yeah, uh, they have released Lucas Mora again, yeah. a good good player who got them. Who took them? The only good things. Yeah, well, you could the, the only league. good thing about yeah, the only good thing about Tottenham was the the finals of. Miserably to Liverpool. Yeah, but we couldn't have lost that, right? That that, that is where some uh, London banter would flow in. I would not have been worried one bit if you know Chelsea were playing Tottenham for a Champions League final, and no wonder even Liverpool didn't because they thrashed. I mean, with the kind of record Liverpool has in losing <laughs> finals. I am very skeptical of, of I don't take even the likes of Burnley, Nottingham Forest likely. <laughs> oh yeah. Um uh, with that being said, let's uh I, I really wanted to talk about what Wolves did. They sold Ruben Neves for 47 million. <laughs> okay. Uh how how many players can a club like Wolves get in, you know, from the 47 million they made? I mean, it depends on what kind of players you are but trying to, to overall, buy. I mean, look at the list of players they have released. They have released Jean They have released Jorginho, which yeah. again was, was a good player. Uh, they have released Diego Costa. But I think Wolves this season really need to sort out the striker problem. Uh, with Ruben Neves gone, they need another good playmaker. And uh, if if they are trying to harp in money and trying to make money in Premier League, it's ruthless. Uh, Leicester tried that the previous season and, uh, well, we know where Leicester landed up. So, if they don't spend uh, at least 30 or 40 of the 47 million they have received for Ruben Neves in a striker and a midfielder, uh, it's 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 spells trouble. They have uh, signed a player called Bobu Bokar Traore, who is 
you know uh, a decent winger uh but does he have the quality and class to excel in the premier league um, i'm not convinced so oh, coming well. from a small club like mets from liga uh i mean you never know what's going to happen with these kind of players but but they really need a good striker again uh, maybe i've said it the fifth time already yeah man uh a lot of news about bayern being in the race to solve the sadio mane problem they are having mm-hmm. mm, what do you have to say about that it's sad for me i i have always liked sadio mane i really wanted him to do well but unfortunately there was a bust up and uh, unfortunately you the, didn't want him to do too well at liverpool you wanted sala to do more uh oh, at liverpool than sane uh, mane sorry mane yeah but but i i can't thank mane enough for what he's done for liverpool uh it's just that uh, yeah it's 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 a little sad and uh, he was the first player out of of a trio that i'm going to remember for a long long time of salah mane and uh, bobby uh, but he needs a good club he's aging he needs to change his style of play and he just could not deliver that kind of impact and you know things like punching your co-player it's just <laughs> beyond my imagination of something mane would do so obviously he would have been pushed to the limit but bayern never tolerated bayern have been a mess this season it, it's a miracle how they won the bundesliga on the last that match of the season yeah, that yeah. should have been so, another yeah. episode <laughs> wow i mean um borussia dortmund throwing it away if there's one bottler bigger than arsenal it's certainly borussia dortmund um i hope sachin is not listening but anyway uh oh yeah yeah but but i think i think mane has been a failure but so has uh been the case with bayern munich and uh, if they want to get I think both want to move away from each other. Uh, it's very mutual. A little more, yeah. It's a, it's a very mutual divorce, and and so be it. I hope someone like like Juventus or maybe uh, Inter Milan could could swoop him up, and uh, then I think we could see a a you know a more mature, aged Mane doing what he does. The problem with Mane at Liverpool towards the end was was his lack to convert goals. I mean, he's that kind of player. He's a very high impact player. You know, he would run with the ball, he would dribble with the ball, he would he would take it in the final third, but couldn't do much there. And that's why I get frustrated with the current player of Liverpool playing in that position, which is. Uh, Luis Diaz. I mean, he's all about showboating, but never that impact. So, Mane was certainly a high impact player. But yeah, I hope I wish him well. And uh, he's a good player, man. He's a good player. I no Liverpool fan could thank 
the trio and all. Obviously, it's it's very heart-wrenching to see two of them go already. And a third would be under tremendous pressure way in a couple of seasons. Yeah, a couple of seasons. But yeah, but I just hope he does well wherever he goes. Okay. Moving forward, Joao Cancelo. <laughs> Ring some bells. Who wants him? I would love Liverpool to buy a Joao Cancelo because everybody would want to buy a Joao Cancelo. But the problem with his, him is discipline. Because if some, if a um, coach like Pep Guardiola goes out and out and says that he's not serious about coming on time, then mm-hmm. uh, and he cannot be a squad player for Manchester City, and then he loaned him out in the middle of the season to Bayern, and you know, then comes back to the club. To find where do you think, yeah, where do you think he land? Where do you think? I think somewhere like the PSG would be an ideal destination for him. I do not know another uh, craziness think... is going on in <laughs> in uh, PSG with uh, with the fans really frustrated. Messi leaving, Neymar being moved by his own fans. So so that that club is going through another. Of, of a shit show. But I think uh, that's perfect club given the kind of situation okay. with... Uh, I, I want to paint a scenario here, okay? So there's this club we know as Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. And uh, they recently signed Jude Bellingham for a hundred and... Fucking 130 million. or 150 million. I don't even know, man. I okay. just, just stopped following <laughs> after it crossed 120 or something. <laughs> so, let me let me draw a picture to you, okay? So, they have been playing Kamavinga as a left-back the last part of the season, uh, last season. Now, replace that Kamavinga with a Joao Cancelo. Carvajal is doing a mighty fine job. Uh, they already have the likes of Militao, Alaba and Rudiger in their defence. They have Kortua, who's arguably, as of now, the best informed keeper in the world. Then they have Shuaubeni, Kamavinga and... And they're not even playing Shuaubeni for, for <laughs> yeah. the majority of... <laughs> yeah, so, and they have, then they sign Jude Bellingham. They are in uh, haste to sign a crazy uh, striker who can fill the big, big goddamn Ballon d'Or boots of Karim Benzema. But then they have uh, Rodrigo and uh, at the same time they have Valverde as of now part of the club. So I, I think their back and mid is sorted. But I think, whom do you think has a better midfield three years from now? Barcelona or Real Madrid? Real Madrid, man. I I don't even know why that is a question. Because of Gavi and... uh, It's not a one-man. Pedro, no. Pedro, Gavi and... uh, See, that's the point. We We really don't know about Barcelona. I feel really bad to say this as a person who hosts a podcast. Uh, 
जस्ट गिव मी वन सेकंड गावी पेड्री 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 गंडोगन अंशु पाटी आई एम डीओम सी या ओके नाउ यू मेड इट अ लिटिल डिफिकल्ट बट आई विल स्टिल गो एंड कीप माय फीट आउट इन द एयर एंड से रियल मैड्रिड because time and again madrid have shown that get those young players keep them for life keep winning and that's the rule which they have followed it was zidane earlier with a couple of others with him then they got modric for cheap rate cruz for cheap rate casimiro i haven't i didn't even hear casimiro about casimiro casimiro yeah he got super good from brazil i guess yeah and it has been 10 years where we have said that, that is arguably one of the most dominant midfield in the european football where they they won five well, a case could be made about iniesta busquets and xavi I, i would but say that's a different kind of trio. yes exactly so i would say the era from let's say 2008 to 2000 post iniesta era yes Basically. yeah so post iniesta xavi uh, went a little early but post iniesta era i think if a midfield could have gone up and said that you know this is we are going to replace them and in no way they could ever replace the likes of xavi and iniesta what they have done at barcelona but then you have to also consider the time span that they spend there right you compare a lifetime of football at one club and then you compare a 7 8 9 years or 10 years for that matter of fact in terms of spending at a club you have by the to... way just letting you know uh, mm-hmm. real madrid directly signed casemiro from sao paulo and uh, after one year at real madrid castilla he was loaned to porto so all this time if anyone was thinking he was bought from porto he was not he was actually loaned to porto and then he spent since 2015 of course till 2022 at real madrid with over 200 appearances yeah and the kind of impact a bull going mm-hmm. ahead so again this is a recent interview which casimiro went ahead and gave that you know i it feels exciting to produce the goods in dire times for your club but at the end of the day if i make a good tackle that itself is a goal for me so right. if a player who says ki slide tackle marne mein zyada maza aata hai goal marne se to means us insaan ki mentality bhai dekh lo kaisi hai he is the perfect cdm to the world so right now new three i would definitely like to see uh, shaw many at cdm and camavinga and jude bellingham running the lcm and rcm and Oh man, it's going to be so much fun playing FIFA forward with Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. If they are able to sign a crazy striker, which oh my God, what if Mbappe? PS Five is waiting. <laughs> But anyway, I think they should sign. They should really sign Kane. They should try put in the money and yeah. Uh, well, how many strikers are available for Real Madrid? Any striker they put their fingers to. <laughs> What are you talking about? If no, no, not in terms of obviously, but 
like which players can which players come to your mind apart from mbappe and kane who would fill the big boots of king kareem well it would be crazy but it's very much possible that they could go for neymar if they wanted to and neymar could come and and do good but that would be a slap on the face of barcelona but um another striker i i can't think of good strikers man <laughs> all of a sudden uh who else would you play at real madrid seriously i i'd really like to know the views of our listeners here so let's putting out a question to the forum is who do you think is going to be the next iconic striker at real madrid if not an mbappe or I think I, I I think what's gonna happen. I'll tell you what's gonna happen. This season they'll play with with the the substitute forward they have, and next year they're gonna sign Mbappe for free. Well, that That's is see, that is that is anyways going to happen. I I think <laughs> <laughs> that uh, they are already. Uh, like that operating like that i can again if they don't sign any other striker then uh they jose should will hold yeah. the fort yeah but for then like, i don't think jose lu man come on man like we're talking about so vinicius okay. can still manage that is something what I was coming so, vinicius and rodrigo could could do something again a false but, nine a false nine yeah. has to be the answer as of now for them because uh hoselu and uh, what do you say hoselu vinicius junior rodrigo and valverde if he sticks yeah can wreck havoc on players so i think vinicius junior all by himself can can just just see again you have to take that into account that he had a perfect partner in benzema who right, could right. dribble the ball as good as he could benzema i mean the, the third out. goal that the, the third goal that uh, that uh, they scored against liverpool was just such outclassness the two of them yeah it was just the, it was modric it started with modric modric passed it to benzema Benzema dribbled it past the keeper and then passed it to Vinicius Junior so yes i totally get where you coming from that he had a lot of help but but okay, i Victor think Vinicius Oshiman. by himself Victor Oshiman from Napoli Napoli yeah okay he has been the talk of the season do you think Oshiman is is good but uh, it's it's one season wonder one season <laughs> wonder man i i really don't think he has what it takes it's but but yeah irrespective of whatever they decide to sign i think they could yeah. sign vlahovic vlahovic from juventus mm-hmm. that that could be a possibility but 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 yeah uh, i think whichever Lukaku yeah, Lukaku why not Lukaku Lukaku is so happy at Inter Milan why do you want to disturb Lukaku nobody wants Lukaku man like nobody is buying Lukaku offers he's like the mm-hmm. biggest flop 
of dead wood. Only if you would have scored against City, <laughs> then we would have been having a different conversation altogether. But anyway, I think there's no point stretching this episode too anyway. much. I think we have had a fun conversation. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with another episode of yeah, very soon latest because transfers and the latest that. gossip. Definitely, definitely. It has been a fun conversation of what can happen, what has happened and what did happen in the last few years and uh, kicking off season 3, episode 1 with a bang. Uh, welcome guys. To, yes, welcome to the season and to new excitement that the new season brings. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, man.